This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome back. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill in Jackson, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law in Oxford. And our guest today is Tina Seymour Demoran, an attorney in Biloxi. This morning, we're going to talk about starting your own business. So if you have a question about um, applying for an employer identification number, did you know you needed an employer identification number? Give us a call at one 877 mpb ring That's one 877 You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz, and I'm excited about this show. It's always good to have Tina on. She is a fantastic guest, and this is going to be a great topic. Uh, in fact, we have a transactional law clinic here at the law school that helps uh, low-income entrepreneurs and nonprofit organizations uh, start their businesses, and that helps foster economic development. So it's uh, a really great topic. Well, we'll introduce her now. Tina Seymour Demoran is a true Renaissance individual with a practical background in uh, Healthcare, religious studies, in addition to her international legal experience. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so glad you're with us today. It's good. I think we we have the state fan from the lefty all the way up to Jackson to Oxford today. Fantastic. Well, I will just go on to say personally, I don't know that I could start my own. I would be hampered from starting my own business from the fear of the legal requirements that you have to do to get going. Do you do you find that from people, or or do you mostly talk to the fearless ones, Tina? I think I get a, a pretty decent mix of those who just forge straight ahead, damn the torpedoes, to be you know quite frank, or you have some people who. They always dream about opening their business, but that first step and all of the questions that they create inside and also they never get answered prevent them from actually realizing their dream of opening their own business. Well, so we're pretty even mix. Well, we're glad that you are here. And I would say, you know, MPB's mission we want to bring you information, but we also want our experts to be available for our listeners to ask for information. So this is your chance, folks. You've got two lawyers who are not charging you billable <laughs> hours right now. So you still have uh, 51 minutes to give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 
672-7464. And folks, don't go waiting until 1045 to give us a call because we'll be all backed up by then. So this is your time to uh, to, to start talk, giving us your questions about starting a business. So, uh, what a, Tina, let's go ahead. What are the steps to starting a business in Mississippi? Well, first of all, you have to make sure that whatever you're starting your business, the, the reason why you're starting the business, there's a need, that it's something that you can actually market. You need to write a business plan. Look around, see if there's a community need for what you're offering or a regional need, depending on if you're going online or if you're having brick and mortar or you're starting it out of your house. Second of all, you need to get business assistance and training. So find a local place like Richard said. Let's find some local resources that don't cost a lot of money to go out and do your investigation. You've got to get your legwork in and do your homework to make sure that you're starting your business the right way. The third point is a lot of people think they have to have that brick-and-mortar storefront to start a business. Some of your biggest businesses started out of a garage. They started out of somebody's dining room and their living room. You don't have to have a big storefront with a sign with the assistant sitting up front and all of the trappings of the business to start. Then you have to figure out how you're going to pay for it. If you start small and you grow according to your customer base and their demand, you can find that financing is going to be a lot easier than trying to take out a huge business loan and jump in because every penny you borrow, you have to pay back. Both of my businesses were started on a cash basis, and I have a law firm with three attorneys and a paralegal, and I also have a consulting business I started. Every one of those were financed from my own pocket. It took a lot of planning. It took a little bit of saving, but you can do it. I'm living proof. Then you have to decide what the legal structure of your business is. Do you want to be an LLC or an S-Corp? And I can't caution people enough. The biggest hurdle that a lot of people have to overcome when they first start a business is finding a name and registering it with the Secretary of State. And I say it's the biggest hurdle because it's in their head. They feel like they have to get an attorney to do that and so on and so forth. This is something you can do yourself. You go to the Mississippi Secretary of State business website, you register an account, and then you search and see if that business name is then taken in Mississippi. Then if it's available, I can't encourage people enough to go ahead and get an LLC. An LLC is a limited liability company. People who do not protect their assets at the beginning when they start their business are leaving wide open their home, their cars, future earnings because they haven't protected their personal assets from their business assets. So if you establish an LLC and limited liability company at the forefront before you do anything else, you're taking that first important step to getting your business structure done right. So if something happens and you do get sued or you have a big bill that comes after you, then that's something that if you take the right steps will remain with your business and not follow you into the future. Well, uh, Tina, I just have to say, we announced you were going to come, and the calls have exploded. So uh, uh, for all of our listeners, as a caller finishes, then that line opens up, and then you can give us a call. So we're going to go ahead and start right now on the road. Sean, please be careful driving, but we're so glad that you called in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I do have a career in a, a normal job, but I'm also a semi-professional musician, and throughout the year, 
um, performing all over the, the state and actually in and out of the state. And by the end of the year, um, since I'm the director of the, the group of musicians that we play with, I tend to get a handful of different 1099s, um, sometimes totaling in the tens of thousands of dollars by the end of the year. Um, my question is, from a tax liability, um, since I'm taking the brunt of these 1099s by the end of the year, how do I distribute that uh, amongst the other musicians involved in these performances? Well, Richard, do you want to answer that one from a tax Sure, that, that's a great question. I do think, you know, um, I so you're getting the 1099s to write, pay directly to you is what I understand, uh, or sent directly correct. to you. That's under, correct, under my, my own Social Security number and my own name. All right, well, one thing that you, you would, uh, the payouts that you make to the other musicians uh, would be a, a business deduction because you are, you are paying those expenses as part of earning that money. And so you would need to report whatever you paid out on a uh, Schedule C uh, as a separate uh, separate business. You, you know, the other thing you're going to have to pay, and they're all going to have to pay on that money, uh, the self-employment tax, which is the Social Security component uh, for this year. So, I mean, but it's it's doable. I would, you know, this is, a, you know, for me, it would be go to a tax professional, let them help you to make sure you do it right, uh, and, sure. because that should be fairly it's simple. It's necessary to start your own corporation for that uh, profession. I, I, you know, I you, go ahead, Tina. I'm sorry. I always encourage anyone. It's $53.14 to register an LLC with Mississippi Secretary of State, and it costs nothing to go ahead and have an FEIN assigned, your employer identification number with the IRS. I would encourage from a business planning standpoint for that $53 and those that one hour online, if that Go ahead and get that established as a separate business because you want to reduce your liability. There could be some liability incurred from your gigs, and it, I don't want to extrapolate out what those could be. But you want to protect yourself in case you get sued so they can't come after your personal assets. Uh, I understand. And, Tina, don't you think one of the most important things for any business is to have a written plan, a written agreement between the people that are involved in that business Defining yes. what the, what their roles are, defining you know, giving instructions. It's like, like we talked about wills last week. It's a set of mm-hmm. instructions. And well, and that's one thing. A lot of people who are artists, they, it's kind of a you take the gig, you go play it, and you leave. There's a lot of things that can occur in between your playing the gig or after the gig, and for you getting paid. And you need to have your expectations and their expectations in writing. I represent a lot of artists, and I found that basically um, the biggest thing that they overcome is getting paid. Sure that you have that type of payment plan in place. Also, protecting your any of your songs, your rights to those songs, or the type of you know, your intellectual property. But yeah, having that plan, as Richard said, is going to be important to protecting you, and also to protecting the location where you're singing or you're playing. Very good. Thank you guys for the information. Appreciate it. Sean, we're so glad that you called in. Uh, next, we have uh, from Jackson. Dawn is called in. Dawn, we appreciate you calling in legal terms. We hope we can help. Yes, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Um, I talk with a lot of uh, relatively new small business owners, and one issue that I've 
run into consistently is that they have a tendency to wait until they have serious trouble or, or problems before they will engage legal assistance in managing and operating their business. Could you offer some reasons why they might uh, might engage that process earlier in the startup and maybe offer some reasons as to how they might see, see legal assistance as something they can afford? Because I think the biggest barrier is there's this perception that, well, there's just no way I can do it. I don't need it until I have a problem. And I really don't think that's smart planning. So I thought if you could comment on that, I would appreciate it. Well, it's about being proactive versus being reactive. You've got to plan for any issues that may come in the future to the best of your ability. You can't guarantee that you're going to be able to be prepared for everything, but if you take just a few steps at the beginning and you make sure you have a business plan, you have things in writing, you have a written contract that you have between you and your clients, you have expectations, you have a good structure in place, that's going to take a lot of the risk out of the equation. That's not going to say that you won't get sued later on. You need to look at insurance and see if you need to insure yourself from from a liability standpoint. But the biggest thing you need to look at is starting out slow, starting out small, and looking at local resources. Richard's talked about ones in Oxford. I give free business planning seminars on a monthly basis out of my office. We limit it to 20 people, and we've always had a packed house. And... I do it for free because I'd much rather my clients get the information correctly on the front end and cost not be a factor than later on down the road trying to fix something that could have been prevented and it costing them thousands of dollars in legal fees to fix that problem if we can. I had a client come in last week. Not only did he not listen to me, but he basically said, hold my beer and went a step further. And I I was astounded that not only did he not listen to what I said, but he made even worse issues come out of the mix. If you have someone that you come into for legal advice, there's a reason why we're telling you how to do it, because we experience we're all business owners, most of us, and we've been there. I always tell my classes, I've made every business mistake you can think to make. I've been working in the business field since I was 18 years old. I am not perfect. So learn from my experience, learn from my mistakes, learn from the mistakes that I've seen my clients make so you don't have to make the same one. But it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Again, there's free resources online, there's free clinics. You don't have to hire an attorney for $1,000, $2,000 up front just to get your LLC and your EIN established. You can go to a local business center. They can help walk you through it. You can find local resources. You can go online and do a lot of this stuff yourself. But you have to research it and make sure you know what you're doing to make sure you're not having any issues later on down the road. Find mentors, people who've done it before. Listen to them and learn from their mistakes. Don, we're so glad that you called in. Thank you. We're going to go to our first break now. And uh, like our attorney, uh, Tina Seymour Demoran from Biloxi said, uh, you know, we're going to save you $1,000 in in hourly billing if you give us a call this morning. Our phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-672. 7464. Our email address, if you can't get to the phone, is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're taking your questions today on starting your own business. Give us a call on In Legal Terms. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Not everyone has a chance to listen to our show live, so if you miss any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill, here today with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Our guest today is Tina Seymour Demoran, an attorney in Biloxi. And this morning, we're getting some good advice about starting your own business. So we'd love for you to give us a call. Our number is one 877 672-7464. Tina, you gave us uh, some great uh, steps starting this morning. You talked about, is there a need for your business? Create a plan. Uh, find some assistance or training. Uh, you don't need a brick or mortar to get started. Start small and uh, register that name. What are some more, uh, some more tips for starting your own business? Well, once you get your name established, then you have to get an employer identification number. Bad news, folks. I know you think that if you run the business out of your garage, you don't have to pay taxes on it. But as Richard can attest to, you're going to have to pay income taxes on that or at least report it as income. The good news is that there are a lot of deductible expenses out there you can take. So, again, maybe pulling in a CPA or someone who's versed in taxes and small business taxes and deductions, that's going to be a great resource your first couple of years. A lot of my clients come in. They haven't consulted with us a tax specialist or a CPA, and they have missed so many deductions that they could have taken out. Tina, especially, if I can interrupt her, just sorry. Okay. Just, uh, you know, with 2018, with the new tax bill coming into effect, really, for the 2018 year, so when people file their 2019 tax returns, if you're starting a business now, you especially want to make sure you're aware of the changes in the tax laws that took place. And that, again, I always tell my clients, I am not a tax attorney. I am a business attorney. That is not my specialty area. We need to bring in a CPA or someone who is staying abreast of these changes who can assist you with your bookkeeping, with your deductions, and the new laws that are coming out. We read those, and we make sure that we're versed in them. But, again, someone like Richard or someone who is a CPA is going to be your best resource to know exactly what these new codes, these new laws are stating. Fantastic. What are some more? Give us some more tips. Folks, We you, this is your chance to ask questions. We want to give you information, but if you have specific questions for our attorney, Tina Seymour Demoran from Biloxi, we would love for you to call in. This is now your chance if you've ever thought about starting a business or you have started a business and you need a little bit of advice to make sure you're doing things correctly. Give us a call. Our number is one 877 MPB ring and that's 1-877-672-7464. Okay, Tina, hit us with some more good advice. 
Okay, so we've looked at your product. We see that you want to open a home-based bakery. You can't just start shooting products out of your kitchen without making sure that you've gotten a business license, checking for local permits, licenses, and also checking with the Department of Health if needed because you're going to have some regulations you have to look at that you have to comply with to make sure those baked goods, once you start putting them out there, are actually covered and you're in compliance with local laws. Second of all, you need to look at liability insurance. A small error and omission policy is ideal for any small business. I'm also a licensed broker. I'm required by law to have errors and omission insurance, but it's $400 a year for that policy. It can get more expensive if you offer more specialized products. Obviously, my attorney, you know, insurance is a little bit more expensive than that broker license because of the type of work I do and the liability I could have. But having some type of insurance to back you up in case you do make a mistake. So if something happens that the assets of the business or if they can break through that LLC coming after your personal assets, those are protected to a certain extent. Then you also need to look out and see who your ideal customer is. Who are you going to market to? Social media is your best friend and it can be your worst enemy. Make sure that you're projecting your company in a positive way. And I tell my clients, before you launch your business, you need to go back and clean up your Facebook page. As they say, whenever you're in um, polite company and at dinner parties, where the three big things you don't discuss in dinner parties are your... What are the three things uh, you don't discuss at a dinner party? Politics, religion, so on and so forth. You need to be very careful and understand that your customers are going to be a mixed bag, right? Everyone's going to have a different opinion, and they may not be the same as yours. So you need to make sure that you're not going out and projecting an image of yourself that could reflect negatively on your business. Well, that you is great advice. So now uh, we've got Jeff who has called in, and he's calling on the road. Jeff, we hope you're careful, but we're so glad that you've called in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead with your question. Good morning. Good morning. If I have an existing business, can I form an LLC? Yes, and I encourage you to. <laughs> a lot of my clients have not done that step, and it's okay to start and go ahead and get your LLC established at any stage in your business. Is all information to do that on the SOS website? Yeah, you go to the Secretary of State website, and you'll go under the business heading, and it'll say register a business name, file business documents. They also have a number to call in, and I will tell you, I can't brag about the staff enough. They are probably some of your best customer service people in a government entity I've ever dealt with. Very nice ladies in Jackson. Can't, i got to give a shout-out to them. Every time I've had a question, they're really nice. So if you have a question or you hit a speed bump, you can call in, and they can guide you through it. Thank you all. All right. Jeff, we're so glad that you called in. All right. So uh, after we've uh, identified our customer and we've made sure our social media, we want to market through social media, but make sure that uh, nothing on the social media profile for our new business could discourage customers, then what? Then basically you start marketing. I tell people pre-marketing is a good idea. So a month or two before you launch, you need to go out and let the public know you're going to launch. That way you have a hard date to start your business, and it, it, it causes an anticipation of your service. I opened my law firm in a soft opening in August, which means I didn't have a big grand opening. 
But that was the lead up to get my clients ready and get them geared for the hard opening, which was held in November. That gave me a client base to start having an income ready to go before I even opened my doors. So get out there and get the word out. This is the time to let your family and friends know. This is the time to go on social media, create a business Facebook page so you can share that and encourage others to share your business Facebook page. Check your marketing guidelines for your field. As an attorney, anytime I do a legal ad, I have to send it up to the state bar so they can review it to make sure I'm complying with our ethical guidelines. So if you have a license behind you and you're starting that business under that license, you need to make sure that whatever regulating agency you have, you're marketing according to their standards. The Real Estate Commission has very strict standards as well. So when you market and you get ready to launch, you need to plan a little bit. It sounds intimidating, but again, call those agencies and ask for guidance. They are more than happy to help or to point you to a direction on their website that will give guidelines. And can I put a plug in for an organization called SCORE, which gives free advice online and also can hook you up with a mentor. There are SCORE offices all throughout Mississippi and throughout the United States. And they're uh, they're a nonprofit organization that allows you to have free access to information about starting a business. They are in partnership with the Small Business Administration. And their goal is to try uh, about 50 percent of of, uh, small businesses fail, and they're trying to help avoid that. And one of the things that they provide is mentoring and assistance, the non-legal stuff. And so I can't uh, you know, put in enough of a plug for organizations like that. Well, when we come back from the break, we will continue talking about starting your own business on our website. This show will be posted as a podcast and also on our website, mpbonline.org. And we'll make sure we have the Secretary of State business website, their phone number. We'll also put a link to SCORE, which offers the non-legal advice, because we want to take your calls. We want to answer your questions today on In Legal Terms. Our number is one 672-7464. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert in Ole Miss at the University of Mississippi School of Law. And today we're joined by our guest, Tina Seymour Demoran. And I did see that she was a guest last April 4th, where she talked about uh, estate planning. So we're glad to have her back again today. This morning, we're talking about starting your own business. So this is your 
chance to ask a question about what information, legal information you'd like to know about starting your own business, or maybe you have a business currently and you want to make sure you've uh, checked all of your boxes and have gotten off on the right foot, our number is 1-877-672-7464. Professor Gershon, we're so glad that you've uh, got uh, Tina as a guest for us. Well, I'm really happy to have her here. I think this, you know she did a, a great job for us last April, and uh, you know, good advice for our, for our listeners uh, on business planning. Well, Tina, and we're excited about uh, the the steps you've already talked to us about starting your own business. What else do we need to know? Let's talk money now. <laughs> how long before I start making money at this business? And I get that question every time I consult with someone. That it depends. The biggest thing you want to make sure of is that you have enough money to survive on until that business is profitable. So don't just quit your full-time job and jump straight into it unless you have at least six months' worth of savings. And that's scary sounding. I worked as a consultant for my old boss for the first three months after my law firm launched. Yes, it was a lot of long hours, but I was committed to making sure I could put food on the table until my law firm could. Fortunately, three months in, we were profitable. I was able to resign as a consultant and go forward with my law firm. But you have to make sure that you have backup. The biggest issue with a lot of these small businesses failing is they either borrow a lot of money and get in over their head, or they can't figure out how to turn a profit. So having that other source of income to help you out those first couple of months is going to be key in making sure you don't take a lot of risks or you're not doing something that you wouldn't normally do, taking a client that you would normally turn away because you had no choice. You have to keep the doors open. We, as the lawyers, would call it being a door lawyer, taking every case that comes across the threshold. Most of us don't want to be a door lawyer because not every case is good for us. It's the same way with the business. You have to make sure you know who your customers are going to be and that those are the customers that you're going to focus on, the ones that are going to be good for your business, whether from a marketing standpoint or from a profitability standpoint. Fantastic advice. And we've got someone else uh, who would like your advice today. Tina, we've got West is calling in from Mobile. Go ahead. Yes, I guess I had a two-part question. One, just clarify more on the protection that an LLC creates for uh, your personal assets. I've heard that it's not very strong protection. And then uh, the second part of the question is, if you set up uh, LLC for, say, consulting services in one particular field of business and you want to uh, consult in another area of business, for example, uh, operations versus marketing, can you use the same, the original LLC uh, to do the second type of consulting even though the LLC was set up under a different premise? It depends on, oh, you're saying, okay, you had consulting in one, and then what was the other area? Protection. Well, so you, you set your LLC up to do consulting and marketing, and mm-hmm. someone requests you to do some consulting work in the field of supply chain. And you can you agree to do that under the uh, LLC that you set up as a marketing consultant? It, it, well, it, there's certain NAICS codes, and sorry, I hate to throw those letters out. There's a code you set your LLC up under. That's your establishing LLC code. That tells what kind of services you offer. If you're doing it as a one-time project, but you can 
divert it back to a marketing standpoint, maybe you're using it to go out. You could. It's a little risky. I would say I would go back and update my NAICS code under the LLC to expand the consulting to general business as opposed to just marketing. When you when you set up your LLC, you want to make sure you give yourself a little wiggle room, that you're not specializing to the point where you're not restricting yourself. And again, that's establishing your business. But right. again, your your liability insurance is really more what you need to look at because you have errors and omission for that marketing consulting firm. Do you have, you know, do you have, I, I, do you have I will. To, I will soon. Okay, so when you talk to your liability insurance company, they're going to ask what kind of consulting you're going to be doing. You need to be honest with them because if the claim is made and it's different than the work you told them you were going to be doing, that could kick you out of being covered or it could cause your rates to go up. Sometimes both. So <laughs> what you need to look at is, yes, establish it. Be, be general in your LLC establishment so you can have a little wiggle room for your services. But... It's more along the line of your liability. Okay, that's great. And then what about the protection of the LLC? Does it really provide much protection of your personal assets? There's the old, yeah, There's uh, many seminars I've gone to called Piercing the Corporate Veil, where they can come through the LLC and come to your personal assets. It's the behavior of the owner of the LLC. Make sure you establish a separate banking account for that LLC. Make sure that you don't commingle personal and business funds. Make sure you're not paying directly for personal items out of your business account. That's going to be your biggest issue is if they can show that there's really no separation between your business and your personal assets, then some courts will allow them to come after your personal assets. So you need to make sure you're separating those two. Separate banking account. I even bank, and my business banks at a separate bank than my personal account. That way if one gets upside down for whatever reason, say someone steals my debit card and they go on a shopping spree, they're not going to pull from another account to cover it. And also because it gives me a separation of relationships with my bank. So I have a credit union for my personal banking and a larger bank for my business banking. So it's really the behavior of the LLC, whether or not you're treating it as a just straight, you're just using it to buy your groceries and pay your light bill, then it's going to be easier for us to pierce and get into those personal assets. You just have to be strict. You have to have a little discipline, but set that business account up as soon as you get your LLP, as soon as you get your your employer identification number, and go ahead and start writing checks and putting your business funds into that business banking account. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. West, we're so glad that you called in uh, with your questions. Uh, anyone, this is your chance. We've got a few minutes left in our show. This is your chance to call in to ask questions about uh, the legal ramifications of starting your own business. Our phone number is one 672 7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Today, uh, Professor Gershens and my guest is attorney 
Tina Seymour Demoran, an attorney out of Biloxi, and she's giving us advice on how to start uh, your own business. So, uh, you know, we, we, you've given us the good advice to uh, uh, figure, make sure we get some money coming in before we possibly quit our current job. Uh, what are some other things we need to know? Well, don't be afraid to start. A lot of people think they have to be ready and it's going to take 10 years or they have to have fifty dollars to $100,000 in the bank and all of these different things start. Start small. My business, again, started in a 10 by 10 rented office where I didn't even own the desk that I rented. I had a computer and a, and a printer. That was my only asset. And I built. And slowly as my clients grew, I grew with them. So it's okay to just go ahead and take that step. But the biggest thing you have to realize is if you're afraid to take that first step, you're never going to get anywhere. And Les Brown said the graveyard is the richest place on the planet. Do you know why? Because all of the unwritten books, all of the business plans that were never launched, every great idea, every bucket list item goes to the grave with so many people. So don't don't look back on your life and regret that you didn't take that chance. If you fail in business, you pick yourself up and you move along. Every person who is a successful business person has made a mistake in their lifetime. Some of us have have launched businesses that have never gone anywhere, but we made the attempt. We tried. That's the biggest thing I can tell people is don't think that all of these large businesses started out successful from the beginning. We just kept going. We just kept getting up and we kept moving forward. We planned. We listened to our mentors. We found resources, and we just kept plugging along. Guys, you can do it. We are living proof. Well, and I guess you can't reach your goals until you set some goals with a plan. Tell us a little bit about, while this next call gets put up, tell us a little bit about a business plan. Okay, so you have to have a business concept. That's what you're going to be offering to the community. What What is your product? Then you need to look at the market. Who is going to buy it? Is it going to be an online business? Is it going to be something where you're going to be offering it to local businesses? Who is your competition? What is their price structure? What is it going to cost you to produce this product or produce a service for your clients? Look at the benefits to the customer. What sets you apart from everybody else? And that's what you're marketing. Whether it be a price structure, whether it be you have more experience, whether it's a better mousetrap, make sure that you're able to market that. Then go out and start talking to your clients. Start talking to your customers. Start doing the research before you ever launch to find out what their needs are. The one thing I always do prior to my business seminars is I shoot out an all-call for questions. What is your biggest issue? What can I help you cover? And that way I'm prepared before we come into that business planning session so I have my research done and I can assist them. Do the same thing with your customers. Look at your competitive advantage over other markets out there. If you're going to do an online, make sure that website is up and running and you have tested it repeatedly before you launch because the one thing I've seen with online online customers is if that website freezes up or there's issues, then that customer's going to go somewhere else or they're going to let you know about it or both. 
So test your website, test your Facebook page, test your product. Free samples are a great way to do it. I do a lot of free seminars, so let people kind of try me out before they hire me as an attorney. They see if I know what I'm talking about and if I can answer their questions. A lot of the people who come to my seminars come back to me later as corporate clients. But my biggest issue is that making sure what I offer is different from any other firm on the coast. Now, what about uh, goals? We've talked about uh, goals a little bit. What, how, how could a, a business go ahead uh, and set up goals? Well, you have to look at, before you launch, what's your goals? Where do you want to be whenever you open up that business? Where do you want to be on a month-by-month basis that first year? Everybody wants to say, well, I want to make money. Make sure that you're setting realistic goals and benchmarks throughout the year. Evaluate your business monthly that first year to see if you need to change your strategy or you need to change your plan. But it's kind of like losing weight. You don't want to weigh every day because it fluctuates, correct? So you want to kind of look across the month, across the quarter, and across the year to see what your customer trend is. So if you're marketing a baked good and you find that this is going to sell better around Christmas, then you're going to have to have another baked good that you offer to your clients that's going to meet the market for Easter, for June, for July, for when people go back to school. It's the same way with any product with a business. You may have to change your client offering seasonally depending on what you're offering to them. That's something I had never thought of, and that's why you are the advice giver, and I am not a business owner. <laughs> All right, Jared from Gerald from Jackson, we're glad you've called in. Go ahead. Hi, right, good morning. I operate a video production company. Uh, how would I find out if I am required to have certain licenses or uh, permits? Well, that's you. Is this something that you run from your home? Is it something you're breaking order? Let's start there. I run from my home. Okay. Which home, Which town are you located in? Jackson. So you're in Jackson proper. The best thing yes. to do is you can talk to the Better Business Bureau there. You can also, and they're going to give you some overview. Or as Richard said, there's a small business association that sits with that who will let you know what area you need to be working with them with compliance with local rules and regulations. Call your tax assessor's office and talk to them about your licensing and making sure that you've got proper business licenses for it. But again, for your profession, there are resources online and locally where you can reach out to find out exactly what you need to be complying with. Each area is different. Down here in Diamond Head, they have very strict rules as to home-based businesses. Real estate agents cannot put signs in front of homes for sale in Diamond Head except for on weekends. If there's a real estate sign in front of a house in Diamond Head on Monday, you're getting hit with a fine. But if you only sell real estate in Biloxi, you may not be aware of that. So talk to local people in your field to find out what hurdles they had to overcome and what they had to do to comply. And then talk to your local business resources. Thank you. Gerald, we're glad that you called in, and now we're going to take our final break of the hour. You can call in, too. Our number is 1-877-672-7464. If you like to use it by remembering the name, it's 1-877-MPB-RING. You can also give us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. We only have 
time for a couple more calls. So if you need some information, please give us a call. This is your chance to have answer a question about uh, starting your own business. Our guest is Tina Seymour Dimoran. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. If you miss any part of our program, remember you can always listen to the whole show again at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill, here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. And today our guest is Tina Seymour Dimoran. She's an attorney on the coast in Biloxi, and she's giving us great advice on starting your own business. Well, while we wait for our last couple of calls, uh, uh, Tina, let's uh, start. Give us, Hit us with some more good advice. Okay. Again, we've talked about finding a mentor in your local area, looking at your local resources. Again, I cannot stress this enough. You don't have to spend a lot of money on the front end to get your LLC and get your EIN. Your EIN is free on the IRS website. Your LLC is $53.14 if you pay with a credit card today. You can call into the Secretary of State, and their customer service people are fabulous. They'll help walk you through it. Talk to people in the community. Find out what their need is for your product and adjust your product accordingly. Another thing that I want to tell a lot of people is when I started my law firm, I was going to be a medical regulatory compliance lawyer. That was all I was going to do. I wasn't going to take any other client. That was it. I am now a divorce lawyer, (laughs) lawyer, probate lawyer, estate planning lawyer. I've done evictions. You have to be flexible with your product. You can't just walk in bullheadedly saying this is the only product I'm going to offer because that's where you're really going to start hitting problems. You have to adjust as you go along. You have to make sure that you get experience in the area you're adjusting to because you can get in trouble if you get too far out there and you don't know what you're doing. So make sure that you know what you're doing, but you're going to have to adjust to meet your market need. So like I said earlier with that baked goods factory, you're not going to be selling poinsettia cakes year-round. You're not going to be selling pusheratas year-round. Pusherata is a fried uh, donut down here type confection that is amazing, but they're only <laughs> sold really once a year. So those bakeries have to go with cupcakes and donuts and so on and so forth for the rest of the year to make sure that they're meeting their market needs. And make sure you, you're not just focusing on the money and that you're keeping some money aside to pay your taxes, but also to invest back in your business. So I have a new business I started two weeks ago. Every penny I make from that business, I'm investing back into it. Because, as they say, as you get going, it takes money to make money. But make sure you're not just throwing money at your business without seeing that you're going to get a return for it as well. 
give the people what they want, not necessarily what you want to give the people is what I heard. Well, it's not always fun being a small business owner. There's times I walk in my office and I'm like, yes, I'm at my office. And there's other times I walk in and go, why in the world did I leave the corporate field? (laughs) You're going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You're going to be downing cons that first year. That's part of it. That's part of the beauty of the path. It's just get out there and know you're going to have stress. Know you're going to be doubting yourself every step of the way. But as long as you're having more confidence in yourself and doubt and you just keep going forward you will see more success than just being paralyzed by fear and never taking a chance all right we're gonna go right quickly we've got one last call that we're gonna take uh jason from mobile we're glad you called in uh be quick with your question okay very quickly um let's say that i work for a company that installs network equipment and i signed a non-compete clause how enforceable is that if I wanted to start my own business, say, installing different products um, in the same area? I'm from Alabama, so how enforceable is a non-compete clause? I can only speak to Mississippi laws. I'm not licensed in Alabama. But okay. I would say that I would let an attorney look at that and see exactly what that non-compete states. Non-competes are getting harder and harder to enforce because if it's going to restrict your right in a certain manner and you can prove that to the court, then you have a better chance of overcoming it than if it's just saying that you can't take somebody's employees with them or work product, which is work product stuff. So I would have an attorney look at it in Alabama and let you know your legal options. I've defeated non-competes in court. I really don't even write those for my clients. I write non-piracy agreements now, which are much easier to enforce. But that's a whole different conversation for a different day. But my best advice to you is go see an attorney and let them look at that non-compete before you do anything that would violate it. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Jason, we're glad you called in. And that that's our time. Uh, Tina, thank you so much for being our guest today. Okay, and I I do want to let people know we give business seminars on a monthly basis. If you want to just come and or if you want to look at them online, we are starting to post these as podcasts. It's SeymourLawMS.com. All of the information I gave today and more, including handouts, are going to be on that website for you to download. So, again, don't spend a lot of money on this. Use local resources. And, hey, go ahead and use my advice online. Well, we will go ahead. This show will be posted as a podcast, or you can listen online. And we will try to have links for the Secretary of State, SCORE, the Better Business Bureau, and uh, Ms. Demoran's uh, address also, so that you can have one stop to get all of your questions answered. So we're so glad that you came. That'll wrap us up for today. And in legal terms, our call screener for today's show was Java Chapman. Our board engineer in Jackson has been Jay White in Oxford. Tracy Daniel helps out. For Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, 